uses ordinary, failing human beings to show the difference between human potential and the power and glory of our Creator and Savior. Paul had said in Corinthians that he uses the weak things, the lowly things of this world, to confound the wise that the glory may be of God and not of men. When I first started pastoring a church in southwest Minnesota, I was astounded by where I had come from to now stand in front of people, me, and tell them about how life is supposed to work? Really? As a kid in grade school, I would bury my face in my hands if I dropped my pencil on the floor. That's how insecure I was after we moved to a new town and I was surrounded by strangers. They didn't even have to tease me. I felt like I was on the TV series Naked and Afraid or something. How God turned that around has a lot to do with how God is going to turn this nation around. If you would find truth, don't seek for the reasons men have caused your pain. Seek for the reasons God has allowed it, and you will find what you seek. Faith should never deny that we have all sorts of affliction. Rather, it accepts that there is a divine plan behind it. Today on Life Journeys with Terry Hardigan, we're going to look at how God sets us apart through times like these. Before God can show us His glory, He has to allow us to be stripped of our own glory. I didn't know at the time, but my weakness was then, as it is now, all about being in a position where we're convinced that we need God. In America today, we're being dismantled because God is allowing it. He's letting the full fruit of years of sin in our society, our political system, our education, courtrooms, and entertainment industry to ripen, and it's painful. But God never sends us into deep water without a positive reason. I like what someone said, if God has let you get in over your head, it's because your enemy can't swim. Now, we're there, and we better learn to swim ourselves. This nation is about to enter into a time of dismantling where we're going to be stripped down to the only things that are truly needed. It's God's nature to shake everything that can be shaken until only the things that can't be shaken are left. In John's revelation of the end times, we see great and awful things being allowed in the earth. But frequently, John's heavenly description of earthly battles changes the eyes of the reader are directed heavenward so we don't lose heart when the props we've depended upon are taken from us. We're going to touch down on one of those glimpses as we see the hand of God. Great tribulation had been seen to this point by John, and now we read these words. And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor any tree. John saw what no meteorologist would even dream of seeing. Talk about a science fiction type of event. As far as science is concerned, this is fiction. Angels are stopping all the winds on earth. What would John think of this? How would it impact him? Or you? My wife might say, I think we're going to die. It seems like the calm before the atomic bomb or the hurricane or some other disaster. This is no ordinary wall that the world has come up against. 
men would know what John knew. This is truly an act of God. But how would this impact those who read what John wrote? How fragile is the earth in the hands of God? How great is the power, the depths and heights, the knowledge and sovereign ownership of this creation? There is certainly a greater backdrop for all that we see than what we could ever begin to understand. As I'm saying this, I'm sensing an urgent call for this coming election. Stop looking at voting Democrat or Republican. Too many people are still doing that, and they're voting blind. We need to be voting good and evil, light and darkness. This is what's moving the whole earth in the direction that we're heading in, and we're about to see there is a God. Angels holding back the winds of the earth, the Bible shows us. The things that determine our destiny are way, way out of our hands, except, of course, by prayer and faith and living in love. Sustainability, you say? Global warming? Meteoric total extinction events? Evolutionary creation? Abortion of God's greatest creatures? Child's play. There is a power and wisdom that transcends time itself, that sends other beings that eternity will reveal are beneath us to now do God's light work, like stopping the wind. Yet we're so steeped in our earthly knowledge and pursuits, so consumed with our own thoughts and wisdom, when all along God has wanted us to embrace things above. Now understand, I'm, I'm not saying that Revelation chapter 7 is going to unfold in the next couple of months, but we are learning about how God operates from the blueprint of spiritual warfare given in the book of Revelation. It is by these words that I'm struck by how great is my need to dedicate my human capacities to His care and command. When this world begins to shake, as is promised, men are going to need what to us now would be a radical dedication to live in God's ways. Therefore, therefore, when we see the final dress rehearsals of ultimate spiritual warfare break loose on the earth, we had better learn to take our cue from heaven instead of the media's shameful, selfish agendas. In this present struggle, people are finding it difficult to minimize the political struggles that have devastated our cities and economy, and the health threat that has taken tens of thousands of lives. Fear has driven those to frustration, carnality, hatred, and ugliness. A much greater reality is seen in this verse alone and needs to turn our consciousness to things above. Do you wonder about the wind of God? In measure, when it shoots forth, thou wilt debate with it, the Bible says. He stays his rough wind in the day of the east wind. By this, therefore, shall the iniquity of Jacob be purged. And this is all the fruit to take away his sin, when he makes all the stones of the altar as chalk stones that are beaten in sunder. The groves and images shall not stand up. Yet the defense city shall be desolate, and the inhabitation of men forsaken, and left like a wilderness. Those words from Isaiah 27. 
when God has come to purge the earth and its inhabitants are shaken by that which shows how small they are, it's his intention to remove sin from the earth. The violence with which it happens shows us the depths to which sin has taken hold now. Yet God is going to remove every particle of its poison in every high and hidden place one day. What does that have to do with a little boy too insecure to let a pencil drop from his desk without shame? Listen, God will take people who are at the end of themselves, no matter where they are, and over time, He will show them that when the wind stops blowing, there is a calm before the storm, and God is with us. He'll empty us so we may be filled with Him. We're like sponges, you see, who are squeezed tightly by this world and then plunged into a bucket of living water. As His grip is loosed, we draw in the refreshing revelation of the presence and glory of God. We can now see and believe. God has no intention of abandoning us, ever. When there's no hope left to see, we can know that our eyes are about to behold the glory of God. Life Journeys is a program about discovering real faith that works. There is a reason for every trial. We can find God's answers when we stop demanding our own way, when we forgive and look up and let God simply be God. Thanks for listening today.